they're like twins being birthed from the saucer vagina like it was it was <laughs> it was beautiful yeah Captain's Pod, Starday 8188.23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema scenes to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she could break into song at any moment. Ah! It's Ambassador Danae. Oh, that wasn't really a <laughs> yep. song. That was more like oh. a siren. I apologize. Yep. And he could break at any moment. It's Aaron Dice. Ah. What is that? Was that an aged comment? What, what was that? I can break at oh. any moment? No, I went for a mental stability thing oh, rather than you. an age. That's much better. You thank you. I feel much age. better now. Uh-huh. <laughs> you think that Aaron could break before me? That's amazing. <laughs> hey, his ability to break at any moment does not preclude you also breaking at any moment mm. okay. too. Both yes. things can happen. I mean, physically, mentally, how are you both doing now? <laughs> I'll, I'll break the show at any moment. You did that with your first Star Wars reference. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm on a Star Wars show. I do Star Wars references. Uh... I don't know what the problem is. Well, hello, everybody, um, and he- hello to all of the new people as well that have joined us since Riker's Beardgate from from the Star Trek. <laughs> that was received so well. I'm so happy. So for those of you that don't know, we also write for CinemaSins, and we recently released Everything Wrong with Star Trek Insurrection, which um, has always bugged me personally because Riker shaved his beard off. So we did the decent thing, and we put the beard back on. And I think we might do an episode about insurrection um, oh. at some point. If yeah, you want to join me for yeah. that, there's much to talk about. We could definitely do a deep dive into that one. Yeah, I, I like that you have a chance as a longtime Star Trek fan to send vent. something that's bothered you. <laughs> yeah, vent, like have a little outlet space. It's so weird. <laughs> Babyface Riker is so weird. But what was the best of that is that you gave the idea to our fantastic editing team and Mr. Lassiter just fucking killed yeah, it. Yeah, he nailed it. I didn't ask for variations. No. He decided to do that. We did not know that he was going to give variations of Beard. And as I watched that edit for the first time, I don't know when I've laughed that hard in recent history. It was, I had tears, I was hurting, and then it would come up again and it would be a new Beard. And I just like, it's the first time in my job where I don't know what Jeremy was saying because all yeah, I was I doing, know. I don't know what we were sinning. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to any of that stuff. All of a sudden, I'm just laughing at this beard. Because the narrator doesn't address it. He just, no, he it just moves there. on totally normal. <laughs> Mr. Lassiter is this kindly old gentleman down the street that does our editing. Uh, yes. In case you were wondering who the Mr. Lassiter is. That, but uh, yeah, he's yeah, an yeah, editing. Still doing great with... editing. It can yeah. draw a mean beard. So yeah. He sure can. His son did some stuff with Pixar. Um, no, 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 no relation. <laughs> nope, nope. Okay, um, with that, uh, before we get into the finale of Strange New World Season 2, let's do some emails. Emails. Okay, hailing frequencies open, everyone. It's time for us to read your emails from Discord, Twitter, and well, email. First up. <laughs> and well, email. We have a correction. This came from multiple people in the Discord. I did have an email about it. I apologize for misattributing a bit of knowledge and a viewpoint from um, George Lucas onto hmm. Gene Roddenberry. Hmm. What what franchise did you think was Star yes. Trek? Star Wars? And, I, and I what confused. franchise was it? Yep. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I will you take all the beating. Say the words. Say the words, Ian. 
I assume I, I am everything so is Star Trek. <laughs> but this Including thing was Star which Wars. Franchise? Star Wars. Okay, there we go. Thank but what happened? What did you do? What did you say? So I think, uh, man, I'm not too sure. It's last week or the... I think it's the week before last because we've recorded these a bit strangely. Two or three weeks ago, I said that um, uh, Marina Sirtis or somebody from the original series, possibly um, the original Chapel, Majel Barrett, or a guest star said, the, can I not wear a bra with this outfit? And Gene Roddenberry said, well, they don't, don't be silly. They don't have bras in, in space and in the future because you don't need them. It was actually George Lucas that said that and it was carrie fisher yeah um, princess Princess leia Leia. yeah Mm -hmm. so holy shit yep i don't remember you saying that was that on the episode i wasn't here for i think yeah i think it was i think it was episode because i would have gone ham on that no she was not here when we had who yeah we have had not had the broad conversation with with danae in the i think she was in the episode i just want to say whether i was here or not i obviously Uh missed it uh and i'm gonna take this opportunity to say free the titties right Space is great. Because it's a good thing. That's why I attributed it to Gene Roddenberry. I, I can't imagine she was here and didn't say that. She like I, I know very well that that is, that is how she feels. I and am so, like, just almost stay tuned, certain she was beloved there. listener, because you will correct us in the next email. Yes. Oh, you will. And then we'll, we'll have, have a correction have, the next time. will continue. You will all know way better than, than any of us. Um, but yes, George Lucas, um, there were immortal words from him to, to Carrie Fisher. I apologize. I was wrong. Oh, um and uh Dyson oh, was even more shit. wrong for not realizing in the moment considering <laughs> right. it really Wars all fan. comes back to me <laughs> yeah uh being wrong uh if it can my six-year-old pulls that shit ian my six-year-old <laughs> well, blames Dad me for things it. that she does yeah <laughs> you made me do it you pushed the house what um in all seriousness guys since we've um uh, got this new little email segment we have been overwhelmed with emails so we're not going to be able to get to all of them this week but um, no email shall go unread or unanswered. You just may have to wait until 2025 to hear it. But keep them coming. Um, they are beautiful. We do have... I've got, I'm going to start with another little quick correction because I love the corrections. So this was, this was actually a comment on YouTube from Gerard Bear. Uh, apologies if I said that wrong. It's quite simply, wouldn't Dr. Crusher be counted as a ginger? Because a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> one of the predictions... <laughs> Was that there'll be a redhead in the episode, and I was like, "Oh my god, there's no redheads in Star Trek, other than Crusher, who is my, oh my one of my god. favorite characters." So yeah, wow. nicely done. this is incredible. I'm just going to give in my Star Trek um, card. I don't, I don't think I can really continue. This isn't, this isn't salvageable. Okay, we've got a cool uh, Twitter message from Cameron Powers, best name ever. So this was regarding Ahura in subspace rhapsody reading mail and we were like well oh, yes mm-hmm. yeah. she admitted mm-hmm. that i could but i won't and talking about like the ethics of that mm-hmm. yep. yep so cameron um was part of the navy and said regarding uh Hura being able to read correspondence i can't say starfleet has the same rules but as a civil servant job u.s navy sailors mail is subject to review and inspection by postal clerk petty officers it's an anti-spying thing to make sure that they're not getting coded messages or whatnot. And it's not unreasonable to think that Starfleet, the Space Navy, would have a similar thing as well. So maybe the sin is that Ahura 
should be reading the mail and isn't. Well, I think the sin would, uh, first of all, we would not do enough research to know that. So the sin will Which stand. Which is why I thank you, Cameron, for messaging us. Because <laughs> we don't care. Uh, no, we do like, care. Uh, we the, care. The, uh, we don't. The, uh, <laughs> the, the idea that there is somebody uh, in Starfleet who does that, I would think comes with like, like a specific job in specific rules and regulations to that. Not just I'm sitting here and you said something about mail and it's like, oh, I would uh, never do that. Insinuating that you could, you know, mm. like, it was so, the casual no, I think it stands. Okay, fair I, enough. Also, in the future, there's computers. You know that they're just scanning that shit. Yeah, the, the, the computer, actually, no, that's more scary. The computer knows all of my mail. <laughs> well, yeah, the computer knows all of your mail now. No, that's fair. <laughs> the computer does know all of my mail. Amazing. It knows that I'm a terrible Star Trek fan. This email is another lesson in the level of research that we don't get to do, which is really, really fun. Um, mm -hmm. This is an email from Joel Fishbane. Hello, Joel. Hi, Joel. Um, just because you were wondering about this during your musings on Subspace Rhapsody. Get it? Muse? Musing? <laughs> same same <Okay>. root word. <laughs> yep. Comes from the same place. <laughs> the song that Ahura sends out on the teaser is Anything Goes from the Cole Porter musical of the same Correct. time. It first came out in 1934, and is definitely a classic of the American songbook. Here's the interesting bit. It should be noted that the musicals referenced in the episode largely come from the Rogers and Hammerstein era and beyond, which began in the 1940s. Correct, Aaron? Does that sound mm, right? I mean, yes, in that they sound like the Rogers and Hammerstein type songs, but that's mm. kind of informed musicals since then. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is when characters really began singing about their emotions and you had things right. like the big Broadway finale, Anything Goes, for example. It's an example of the 1930s era when a show was written around the songs and the songs didn't really advance the plot or the characters in a significant way. So technically, it's a bit of a sin that a song from the 1930s led everyone performing more modern musicals. They should have sent out something from Oklahoma, The Sound of Music, or something by Stephen Sondheim. Um, and now that I've said this, you may insert Homer Simpson screaming nerd at your leisure. Nerd! <laughs> Musical nerd! I don't believe he asked uh, any of us to shout nerd. I believe he said to insert Homer Simpson. So... Oh, okay, do that now. Oh, and... I can do that now. Nerd! <laughs> I love that. Does that follow? So the idea that the... the, the I don't song think it's that, that cut and dry, but yes. The like song that she sent out shouldn't have created the musical universe that we saw, in theory. It's it's not that black and white. Like, musicals have always had... Like, there have been elements of big song finales and musicals before Rodgers and Hammerstein. You know what I mean? Like, the, the evolution yeah. of of There's never one thing that starts. And, 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 like, Singing in the Rain is kind of more of an old-school musical. The songs in Singing in the Rain aren't weren't written for the plot. They are songs that existed before that plot was ever written. So, you know, that's so it's not like there's a, a date and time when, you know, it all changed and, and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But um, but yeah, I think that's that's a fair thing to think about for sure. And I wonder if if we'd have had like more upbeat stuff like from like something from Sondheim, a, a Star Trek Sondheim episode it could be my favorite thing but, in the but world. But here's the problem. Here's here's the problem. So would the Lin Manuel version of Star Trek would yes. be amazing, yes. right? Like, so the 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 problem becomes the further you go, the more specific you go, and the harder mm. it gets to do. Like if you're going yeah, for Lin Manuel, it's just a Lin Manuel or, episode. They were just going for musical. 
And I think they hit musical, you know? So. Which is why I didn't like the middle part. <laughs> Love the beginning and end. I, I really wonder if the answer was that they just did multiple songs. Because I think that I think that episode got confusing for me because of what they uploaded. You know, they uploaded the yeah. one and then it turned into how everybody is affected by music. And so it makes us think that every song is going to be related to that original one. Mm. So if they would have just shifted the plot a bit and had them upload an, a library of music or yeah. something like that, like so that we had something to pull from, we wouldn't have to be thinking so hard about it. The frequency they were stuck in was a musical. The frequency the Klingons were stuck in was batshit insane. Um, because I still don't understand how the Klingons ended up with that K-pop thing based I on. I like that it. you've moved on to K-pop from uh, I, dubstep. The reason I like <laughs> K-pop, the reason I like K-pop is because it's Klingon pop. Like right. it just that yeah. works better that than, works no than matter what. dubstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's dubstepy. I'm so old. Right. Well, <laughs> keep your emails coming. Uh, captainspod um, at cinemasins.com and Twitter. CS, I think. What is it? Captain's Pod CS? Captain's Pod CS. Somehow Captain's Pod, the Twitter handle, was taken. So it's Captain's Pod CS on Twitter. Okay, this week it's time for the finale of season two, everybody. How are we feeling going into the last episode? <laughs> I'm gonna miss my Friday time with you guys. No, I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it. Um, the show itself. Uh, I'm kind of ready for the season to be over. I'm ne- I'm not excited for the finale because I don't generally believe it will do the things that I'm excited about. Like, I feel like it's going to want to carry some things over and it's going to be about, you know, stuff that we're going to have to resolve next season. And I could be wrong, but that's 10, that tends to be how finales are. So, um, so I'm not, I'm not pumped about the finale. Um, but I'm, I'm ready to, uh, to move on to season three. If, if we ever get a season three, <laughs> no, we're going to get it. We're going to get it. Ambassador, how do you feel about the finale? I don't trust this show like I did season one. Sucks, doesn't it? I know what you mean. At this point in season one, I was sad. I was bummed. I was not wanting it to end. I wanted this to be a show that went like 32 episodes mm-hmm. or something crazy. I wanted this to be something I could go to every week for a while. And this season... I feel like I was in a uncomfortable conversation between a whole bunch of adults arguing about what they wanted to do with the show. And I've been pulled in a lot of different directions mm. every episode. Romance and- seemed to be the only thing everybody could agree on. <laughs> well, we'll just have a lot of romance. I continue to be flummoxed by how out of the norm our view on this is. People love this season of the show. Like the the do comments they? on yes. Like the comments on Twitter, the comments from other Star Trek, like People are f- like, uh, they're not full of grace for this show because that would indicate they didn't like it, but still are okay with it. No, they love, they've loved it. Like I mm. it's, I've read a couple articles and I'm just reading the articles going, what show was I watching? Like it's, it's <laughs> one of those weird things that just happens sometimes where you're just out of sync with, you know, the rest of fandom. Um, but- I, I think that there's, I think that they're doing something. I'm going to have a better slash clearer view on in hindsight after they release some more content because i i think that this season is a step towards what they're doing next it really feels like the introduction of kirk and the introduction of relationship but it didn't do the adventuring things that i was so happy with with the first season and so i am yeah i am sadly excited for this to be done but also love the characters and i'm 
that's not going to go away. Season mm-hmm. one was so special for me that that's not something that's going to be tainted by season two. It's mostly just like, oh, my love of these characters and, and what they were doing, they're doing something different with, which happens with content all the time. Let me be clear. This is not a shit show. This is not a show that's like, this is trash. It is just not what I was hoping for because I loved season one so, 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 so much. And I just wanted to go back and dip my toe into that again. Yeah, it's interesting how few strange planets we've been to, how much we've been, we've had some great plots. Like even that the Klingon one I didn't like too much was still an interesting thing, but it just got buried in a lot, a lot, a lot of melodrama. Um, But then I'm kind of thinking about TOS as well. There's a lot of similarities between this and the original series which had a lot of love underlines. Now, these were like usually single episode things where Kirk falls in love with somebody, Spock falls in love with somebody, Scotty falls in love with somebody. Like they would have basically a romance of the week in every episode. And I wonder if this is like echoing some of that as well. TNG did it too, but a lot, lot less. So I'm the more I'm kind of analyzing it is that maybe there is a massive amount of nostalgia to this where space travel was romanticized and we definitely pulled away from that with Lower Decks, Discovery. Discovery doesn't really do love stories at all. There's like, there's none of that in there. Hmm. Voyager was very, very light on it. Deep Space Nine had a little bit. Um, so I just wonder if this is calling, the, the fact that this is calling back to TOS and TNG is what people might be unconsciously latching onto. But having said that, this episode is called Hegemony predictions let's have one uh general prediction one oddly specific prediction for what happens in the finale ambassador okay so this is clearly about hedges <laughs> which has to do with you know yes hegemony is hedges getting married thank you ian now i know the truth i don't fucking know what's gonna happen anymore i had a great idea i was gonna share yeah. it with you go on marital shrubbery covered or die sir give us one yes. general prediction one oddly specific prediction Hmm. Well, uh, I believe the actual word uh, he- he- hegemony, uh, Hermione, hegemony, Her- he- hegemony, hegemony uh, has to do uh, with some sort of governing. I believe, like the idea of like a, a um, you know, one country dominating, governing another country, uh, kind of idea. So, um. I'm going to make my general prediction that uh, Captain Pike has to be subservient to uh, another entity or person or is not in the control of his ship that he wants to be. Mm, um, that's, okay. my, that's my general mm-hmm. prediction based on the title. My specific prediction uh, is that there will be some sort of candy bar involved. Any like particular brand? I want to get really specific. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It's, it's candy bars not specific enough. It wouldn't be incredible if it was like a Twix and you said Snickers. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Sorry, you don't I would get as- it. I would assume it would be some sort of candy bar we've never heard of from, you know, some other planet or, you know, something. Somebody's having a snack. Amazing. Alien candy. I love it. Well, with that, let's head over to the holodeck to watch the finale of Strange New Worlds. We will see you in 10 forward, 3 to be man. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first. What would you like, Ambassador? 
I would like crystallized Gorn tears, please. Commodore, what would you like? I would like some of that delicious looking, like half melted Jolly Ranchers that were hanging from the ceiling uh, um, in this show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are they called? Uh, gushers? Yeah, Gushers. Yeah. I love Gushers. You kind of yeah, squeeze the, them and then yeah. it goops out. Yeah. yeah, those look delicious. The strawberry mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not like American candy. And I know exactly why you mentioned that now, Aaron. <laughs> I just, just got that. We'll get on to that in a second. Um, I would like, um, I don't know, I think I'd like the season finale from um, series three of TNG. I think that's what I would like for the replicator. You can't eat that. I or can. Drink it. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> okay. Watch me eat the best of both worlds, part one. I will eat that shit. Ambassador, give us a synopsis. Holy fuck! So much is happening. This is the episode we've been waiting for all season. And it's done. Except it's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Except it's not. Um, In today's to-be-continued finale episode, we have the most action-packed excitement maybe that we've seen the entire season and right at the crescendo when is the show coming back by the way <laughs> like, i mean the how the long plan, will it be the plan was next year but with the writer's strike right friggin likely like we're looking in 2025 don't forget the oh, actors, actors are striking apologies. too yeah actors and writers um yeah assuming like genuinely assuming anyone survives because hollywood just wants to starve them into defeat um 2025 2026 it ain't gonna be next year so i think i think the best way to succinctly like talk about this episode is that none of it matters (laughs) (laughs) um because we don't know it it, it, this is like reading a book that has an ending where it's like you pick your own adventure and your imagination and you get to decide what happens that's that's the experience of this one this entire episode builds into a choose your own adventure because we don't know when we're actually going to see what happens. But don't worry, nobody dies. Well, they gave us dot, they dot, gave dot. us two things, uh, plot, uh, you know, devices, plot movements that they did resolve. So like this episode does have a couple of resolutions. It just doesn't have an overall uh, resolution, which is which is fine. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't actually have a problem. Um, no, I mean I don't like cliffhangers to begin with, but if you're gonna do one, at at least the story here gives us you know the search for Spock's love interest and uh, <laughs> and the the saving the you know the the uh, Gorn infested Pike's love interest because yeah. mm-hmm. it's all about the love interests. I'm amazed yeah. Kirk didn't turn up yeah. also infected by the Gorn. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I was waiting oh, yeah. for for James Tiberius to be forced uh, into this episode somehow. Turns but it out did he not was happen. a Gorn all along. I guess, I guess if you want me to do an actual synopsis, it would be in today's episode, the Gorn finally show up again. Uh, we learn that they can wear suits in space. And, and we learn more about how they are strategic and tactical um why do we learn about that because oh no our people are on a planet that they shouldn't be on but they are on i guess i'm not entirely sure about that part they should be on it that is the gorn being dicks in this episode the captain breaks protocol to save his love interest interest he really likes her a whole bunch and knows he's gonna die soon there's not very many people that can stand him apparently which is surprising because he's great in today's episode, there's a one in a million chance of Spock finding 
Chapel, but he does anyway. In today's episode, Pike's girl gets impregnated. Oh, I mean, yes, but that was bad. I that hate was bad. that. I hate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a weird. This is a, this is a this is an adventure where we're going to an alien planet that's human aliens and are humalians, as you said in mm-hmm. recent mm-hmm. Uh, recently. That I thought was clever. Wait, no, I think these were actual humans. I thought they were. A- were no, they? I think yeah, I think these were humans that chose to live for some reason in the mid twentieth mm-hmm. century. That was oh, their yes. choice. We live yes. in the twenty three hundreds, but I'm going Our to choice choose is to to just conveniently live in the most nostalgic period of American history possible. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ignore all of the problems that were happening in the fifties and sixties and just remember the diners. Yeah, exactly. this is this is the episode where the budget was like at max. We've got cool costumes. We've got um, amazing space cgi happening we've got spacewalks we've got battles we've got multiple kinds of battles we've got alien cgi we've got uh new characters slash beloved characters showing up this has this episode has everything everything is happening in this episode there's mysteries to solve there's problems to solve there's clever ingenious ways that the crew is you know tackling things without going over lines etc it's a, there's a lot there's a lot to talk about in this episode um but yeah it does end very promptly before we do overall thoughts and feelings as if i need to ask commodore dicer uh interesting so what am i going to say derpian i <laughs> i don't oh hey when did that happen <laughs> <laughs> why does it say dirt plan um so podcast listeners um when we go live, we have like little name tags. Mine says Ambassador A. Aaron's says Commodicer. And usually Ian says Captain, but Aaron changed it to Derpian. And the, the captain and he didn't doesn't even it. know how long it's been that way. I don't. It could be a week. It could be seven hours. We've been live for a long time now. Um, <laughs> I predict that you did not enjoy this episode, Aaron. Uh, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. It may be uh, my favorite episode of the season after the fun of the crossover episode. All right. Um, Incredible. Suddenly, my my interest (laughs) in talking to you about this just went through the roof. That's fascinating. It's an actual story. Like, it's an actual adventure story. It deals with an antagonist that, you know we've been teased about and we're finally you know getting some more information on not only that it's setting up the thing that star trek does so well which is hey look at this villainous terrible enemy that there's no way you could ever love guess what we're going to find a way to show you that that they are worth loving and worth hoping about do we and know that this is set, man there are so many times in this episode they set up that the gorn are going to eventually be like you know the Klingons and everything. Like we will have Gorn crew members. Yes, at some we point. will. Like, and it's gonna be fucking cool. Like the at least. I mean, if the show's not doing that, I am very <laughs> confused by some of the dialogue uh, in in this one. So I was locked in pretty early on uh, on Pike starting to feel that way and and that allowed me to connect deeper to the Gorn story because there's clearly something going on with what they're going to be you know talking to us about mm-hmm. um, the Gorn sentience and you know why they are the way they are um, so yeah I like that nice. stuff I thought it was beautiful have have all the episodes been in 169 
Or was that just this episode? I, I think that was just this episode. It was so I cinematic, and, and that's yeah. and of course that that um, aspect ratio is a very cinematic aspect mm-hmm. ratio. Um, and if the if the other episodes were that way too, that's great. I just think it was this episode was so much more cinematic that it stood out to me. But yeah, I thought I I thought it was a beautiful little movie. Like I thought it was like a really compelling and interesting, and um, yeah, I liked this one. Nice. Awesome. That's great. Uh, Ambassador Danae, overall thoughts and feelings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I am so disappointed in this episode because it's the last one. And I'm like, <laughs> this is it. Oh, it's done. We're done. It's, it's, I really had a good time in this one. I'm so confused. I think <laughs> I may be, I may be going through a quarter life crisis or something. Danae I- and I have been texting in the background. Let's tell him we really loved it, even though both of us hated it. Oh yeah. And then just troll me completely. Um, I'm going to be on an Island here. I definitely did not enjoy this episode. I may have to watch it again. I'm, I, yeah, I was super switched off. I'm going to come off as the negative one. Um, I much like under the cloak of, and this might be an interesting thing. I genuinely think this is going to sound so dickish, but I think my standards might be too high. So, <laughs> under totally right? get it. Yeah, I yeah. totally get it. Sound yep. like a dick. Under, under, like under the cloak of war, where I compared it to like the wounded and other ways mm-hmm. Star Trek has done right. this. I've, I'm not going to watch this episode again because it's been done better by so many other Star Trek episodes. There was just not much for me to cling on to here. Oh, damn it. Why did I say cling on? Cling on. Uh, Wait, there wasn't much for me to cling on to here. That's what I do. There was a pun in this episode. I was like, was that intentional? Because they don't emphasize it really. Oh, wait, what was the pun? What was it? The, uh, it was like, well, I'm not breaking out into song every 10 minutes, but that is a minor uh miracle or whatever oh, the like minor miracle. Be, yeah the, my, like key like the in a minor yeah. key i don't Very know minor. i was like was that intentional that's yeah. amazing um no i oh man i see what they're going for and i get it but i did not have a good time with it can i address the with this has been done better before because yeah. you have that knowledge and i don't right mm-hmm. have they dealt with a uh, an enemy mm-hmm. in Star Trek that is so clearly creature-based monster, right? So not a monster because of their actions, but they're still they can talk to us. They're mm-hmm. humans. Like, have there been other villains that they've dealt with, combat with, or whatever that have just been literal monsters? Like they don't look like us because that's kind of what I loved about what they did with the mm-hmm. Gorn here is that they're dealing with a non-humanoid species. Yeah. And every species in Star Trek, Star Trek has always been humanoid in some way or another. And this species definitely isn't. And I think that's so interesting for Star Trek to go there. So the Gorn part makes it a little different for me. But maybe there have been other examples of this that I don't know about. No, I get it. It hasn't been done explicitly like this. I think the Zindi might be the closest because the Zindi have five different like subspecies. And they were the big antagonist of season three of Enterprise. And mm-hmm. they have literally, they have a mammalian species, which looks like us. They have a reptilian species, which basically looks like the Gorn. They have a mm-hmm. whale species. And they were the big bad guys that ended up kind of being misled and ended up being the good mm-hmm. guys. But it's not really like this. I do, I get what you mean. I like it. But the that's one of the things I couldn't, and I... I this might be a thing where part two elevates it because if they do end up making the Gorn more 
kind of complex complex yeah that's a good word for it complex and and i'm sure they will be they have like space travel and whatnot but this episode like the one from last season which was an alien ripoff felt like aliens again (laughs) like again it felt like these just alien creatures that i couldn't latch onto that were just cannon fodder and it's like we're just going to kill some gorn babies now because we're just going to vaporize them on site but i felt like the show was wrestling with that like a like the show was like when did it do that when they're talking about like wait they just left them here yeah and they're hungry like you know they're trying to humanize yeah there's an element of just like maybe they you know if you were just left to survive for yourself on a on a planet you know and just like how would you turn out like I don't know. I again, not explicitly in this episode, mm-hmm. but it feels like they're really. I felt like really that to me too. I mean, especially yeah. when Pike was like, "We may actually be able to communicate with them," mm-hmm. and his girl is like, she, "I think she says something along the lines of, you know, you're always hopeful.' But or, she's no, going to be the key. On. She is going to be the key. They're going to figure out because something with her Gorn baby. blood. Yes, oh. they're going to they're going to figure out something with her Gorn blood that is going to allow them to communicate with the Gorn better. And they're going to find some stuff out. That's well, the Gorn that's are going to give them the cure to save Battelle. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, we mentioned that we, so we don't always reference the live chat, but I am going to mention slab mentioned species eight, four, seven, two, which is another probably better example from Voyager. And that's a species that was very much like the Gorn completely alien, completely nasty. But the only way we could communicate with them is that they could shapeshift into humans. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the only way they ended up communicating is when they turned into humans. If the Gorn can int- try to consecutively enter a code into a computer and continue to get it wrong, which mm. we saw in this episode, they can communicate. You know what I mean? Like, oh, of course. We can find that. a way to communicate yeah. with them. I don't doubt that at all because they're making spaceships. <laughs> so mm. they have mastered faster than light travel. I'm not... I don't think that... Star Trek is presenting them as the aliens from Alien and just Mm. hunting on instinct and whatnot. But I'm not scared of them as anything other than a big bug from Men in Black. And I like the intellectual stuff much more. Like the the Borg is a great comparison. Like a lot of people have compared, this is is Strange New World's Borg because they're scary, they're ruthless, they just want to be at war. Mm. But I always knew that the Borg had like an intelligence behind them as well. And they kind of stepped on humans because they were lesser beings. I'm not getting that from the Gorn. Like the Romulans, really, really intelligent. From the Gorn, I'm just getting aliens attack and impregnate you. And and despite the setup that they're doing, we also know because of where this falls in the timeline that the Gorns aren't a part of the Federation or like as no. far, like, I guess we don't know for sure. Sh- I guess there are always possible alien species that could have been well, in the Federation that we didn't know about, but... They're kind of markedly absent from TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, everything. Everything. Like, everything after TOS, appear. right? Yeah, after TOS. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ambassador. Jumping off of that, as a fresh <laughs> pair of eyes, you have no knowledge about the Gorn at all. How do they strike you as a bad guy now that they've been fleshed out how did they work in the like in the episode well i want to say that somewhere out there somebody watched alien the first time and they were like oh this is a ripoff of this other creature that i read about in a book one time like ideas are lizard people there's going to be stories interesting stories of all kinds of things and it's going to feel very familiar because you saw something that it's referencing it's also referencing something else and we we don't have 
there's just ideas are shared and shared and shared, or they're just something where someone's writing something and they're going to make a creature and it, it reminds you of something else. I, I, I will add to that. I agree with Danae. The episode featuring the Gorn last season was an alien ripoff because it literally ripped off the the moments of like it was trying to be a mirror to Alien. I didn't feel like this was trying to be a mirror to any Alien movie unless I missed some. I don't think there was a single Alien reference in this episode unless I missed it. So so I going off of your question, I wanted to preface by saying it doesn't bother me that it might feel similar and I also didn't get the ripoff thing because I only rem- I only know Alien from how do you avoid seeing anything from Alien anymore? There's and ripoff is probably too right. harsh. That's probably a, not a good way of saying it. Like so, for me, even the Gorn episode was really interesting because even though there are elements that I can say I know are referenced, I'm not having the same experience where it feels like I'm watching something and have that same expectation. Right. So I'm a new audience in that way. Um, but even Alien's ideas weren't original. They came. Some somebody somewhere is going to say, "Oh, that came from a book that I read about you know things popping out of chests yeah. or whatever." Like so, every song every song contains the same eight notes. You know, like it's. Yeah, I don't it's, have an yeah. issue. I'm not saying I have so, an issue with that. So that I wanted to say that. Um, so I don't get the alien vibe. I thought, ugh, I thought they were fucking cool. Those adult Gorn were so badass looking to me. Like when the tail came down, I was like. Ah! you know and then and they're so like um because we didn't see adult gorns i i don't remember seeing them like no, this we didn't. and i know we didn't we they saw like are adolescent armored, ones. they are wearing gear they are ready for like space exploration they have they're not just some lizard on a ship this is like a technology driven being and then we're learning more about their origins as well and i'm watching it going holy shit these guys are so fucking scary in the fight between spock and chapel where they're out there i was in it and it was like slow-mo but it was still super fucking intense and i'm just like oh my god they're using their tail as a weapon and they're like clinging to shit they just look super super cool they're big old fucking claws and then they had this really great like close-up where they do the thing which i love to send when we send stuff that's like from space where like inside the helmet it's lit up for cinematic effect not sure mm. if it's really great to just blind yourself while you're out in space like that but like for it also, looks that cool thing was fogging up so much they really need to work on their space helmets but it was like why is it foggy is it because it's like a lens that they need there's just a lot of creativity that i can have inside of who the gorn are and, and i'm really curious about them and i'm really pissed at strange new worlds for not getting into it for this entire season because clearly they have this really interesting story going on there and they're like but we're not going to tell you about it till later dun 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 strike so we are like going, oh, okay, so there's they're doing something here and they're just doing it in the finale, but like their little helmet with their like they're just their little lizard head and the way that they're shaped um was really fascinating, you know, mm-hmm. to me personally. Nice. So the little awesome. creatures were are just creepy enough because little ones are quick, you know, like Yeah, that's the danger, I'm not isn't afraid it? Afraid <laughs> of like mama daddy copperheads. I'm scared of the little bitty ones. They're just like <laughs> You know, and then the, and I gotta crawl up your trouser leg. They're so fast, you know. Yeah. So, um, when we see the Gorn that uh, you know, comes into the shuttle, for example, as like up close, and we're t- I'm trying to remember. Okay, what were the rules of the Gorn last time? Because the rules are changing mm. this time. So to answer your question, I was really engaged in them specifically. But that's nice. I'm a new I'm a new user. Uh, I'm a new person to this that's, to that's this awesome. kind of space. So yeah, I yeah. I, I I think like I want to go back and kind of watch a couple parts of it because mm. 
I just want to, I like, I want to pull up a, just a still shot of that Gorn, the adult Gorn body. Because it I was mean, really rad looking to me. To be clear, I don't have a problem with the creature design. I do think that's really great. And they are really, really cool looking. It's more the vibe that they give off and the whole just being super creepy and then impregnating you with the egg sacs and whatnot. That, as a, as a species, we still know so little about them. And for me, that's not a scary absence of knowledge. That's a... That's some kind of knowledge. I want something more than just they hunt you and they impregnate you. So we're going to vaporize them on site. I need something more for my bad guys to be intimidated by them. But I completely agree. They look awesome. The creature design is really, really cool. Um, so we had some interesting love stuff that got developed. This is clearly what the series has been leading to, like you <laughs> said, Aaron. So the Pike Patel situation, the Spock and chapel situation how did that hit you this week i was just glad we didn't have any kirk and laon situation <laughs> i was just glad we were dealing with 66 percent of the soap opera <laughs> instead of the full 100 percent. no i i i continue to be weird not weirded out but a, a little bit disinterested in the spock chapel thing because i just think it's been so poorly uh deepened this season like the Spock being so forlorn over this is just, it's just weird to me. And I like, I, I haven't seen the show. The show hasn't had enough time. It just hasn't had enough time for, for, to feel like these things are properly set up for yeah. me. And you know what? The, I don't need a love interest for Spock to save Chapel. Just saving a human correct. is fine. Saving a correct. crewmate is fine. In, in the, the, uh, Pike, uh, Battelle stuff is set up in the pilot. It's set up in the first mm. episode. Mm -hmm. That feels more natural to me that yeah. we've been, you know, like this is this is a part, like the, it's just, I don't know. The Spock Chapel stuff does not work for me at all. And like you said, doesn't it doesn't need to be there nope. for, like what if, what if this rescue was something that deepened their relationship in some way that then they started, you know, having very minor things and then two seasons down the road they you know say what is this and they actually have you know like it just feels yeah. more like natural than what this it season would. tried to do it. with them how about you danae mm, there's some things that i mean i'm not gonna beat a dead horse on this one i think everybody knows how i feel about some of the the way that they go about the intensity of love stories in the season it doesn't hit for me the same way but what I do like is the idea that um, they gave Chapel and Amanga this like warrior-esque vibe. Mm. So, you know, when I ask myself, why is Chapel the only one to survive off of an entire ship? The only thing I can go to is, I guess that's because she's been through so much, her body just won't let her die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was unconscious. She had nothing to do with it. <laughs> she just happened to get unconscious in the right place at the right time. And I know... I know that that's a, I know we're s skipping into tin, sin, some sin territory here, but it just uh, we've seen the spacewalk stuff with Mbanga already too, mm -hmm. so it's like it's not a far reach for me to go. Oh, of course she's willing to do that because she was willing to do that, and she didn't even have I think her full gear last time they did it. So she's a survivor. So it really like I hope she's in counseling. She's had so much trauma going on, are, you know. Goodness. And she has no time to process it. They beam in and it's, you guys got to get to work. Yep, we're going to work now. And then she jumps into the next trauma. And 
I do wish that we had more episodes through the seasons so that we could maybe dig into character work a little bit. I don't yeah, know. Every episode feels precious when there's only 10, doesn't it? Every episode it, it feels does. like it has to do so much. Well, and when you find an episode that has so much action and activity and just different characters interacting with each other in new ways and problem solving, my mind is just buzzing. There's so much we could talk about. It's mm. not just the relationship stuff. There's the problem solving angle. We got to see them use the equipment again. You know, you've got Spock looking into that periscope thing, you know, and you have the communications that are down. And so there's mm. new ways of doing it. You've got you know uhura solving problems you've got everyone in different stations shifting around just trying to get clever we saw a fucking saucer section smash into a planet because of rockets like there's so much that happens in this episode that i'm happy to mm. not I'm, I'm happy to not be bothered yeah, by the relationship stuff it, it seems like it was just a needed moment where they they said let's just let's find a way to still have something between us because death is obviously yeah. not ideal and i i want us to be cool on the day that we die i do wish patel had given him a little more crap for coming to save her like, for white knighting her she <laughs> has a little bit of that i wish she would have laid in a little bit more and just been like you know all you did was put us both in danger you yes. idiot you know and your, like, crew. <laughs> and your crew yeah yeah no, I get that. Um, I'm I'm glad we didn't spend a huge amount of time on it. I think it was used to inform why people are doing what they're doing this time around. But like you said today, my favorite part of this episode actually is the problem solving and mm -hmm. the technical stuff. Um, we we can get into the Scotty of it all. Uh, yes, can we? Because there was a moment where mm -hmm. I know. I know the, the phrases. <laughs> I know the phrases. I know. I think I can recognize his face. I think I've recognized his face before when he came on to the. Was it Picard that he came on to the ship? No, I don't. Didn't he no, appear? This is the first Didn't time. Scotty make an appearance mm -mm. as an older person? Like Scotty would have been long gone by Picard's time, right? Um. So my brain's going a million places. So the original actor that played Scotty, yes, appears in TNG in one episode. But no, this is a completely new actor playing him. We I haven't seen remember. this actor before. No, 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 no. I, I know, but like... And he's in older... Is it du Duhan? Is that the actor's name? What's James you Duan. Know, Ian? Yeah. Duan. James Duan. Older James Duan does not look like younger James Duan. No, he really doesn't. <laughs> he really he doesn't. doesn't look at all no like worries. him. <laughs> you know, age changes you. No, yeah. my, the reason that I was saying that is because I'm trying to kind of give a little glimpse of my mm. knowledge of Scotty yeah. is limited to... The phrases that I've seen popped out in pop culture. And yeah. then during this podcast, maybe we did watch that TNG episode and I saw him on the deck at one point. And I was like, oh, is that Scotty? And I don't remember what we were watching. Um, but I don't have any, I, I don't have enough experience with him that the first time I heard the accent, I put it together mm. right before he said his name. I was like, oh, oh my God, I think this is Scott. And then he said oh his name. God, I was like, oh. Simon Pegg <laughs> would be your Scotty because you've seen mm -hmm. the J.J. Abrams movies more than anything else oh yeah i did watch those movies <laughs> yeah so that that would be your your scotty but i i okay. think i think that i think he did a great job oh i thought he was perfect he was great yeah do we need a name drop another character from tos probably not but there is an inherent amount of fun in having scotty because he's such That's a great easily character. forgivable stuff though like yes. you know what i mean like this and we say this all the time because of what we do in our uh, you know as part of this job 
sinning something doesn't doesn't mean it's not forgivable. Like 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 movies and TV shows are movies and TV shows for a reason. They have to do that kind of stuff because they're you know they're serving the fans, they're serving the audience, and this is an easy one to just forgive because it's so much fun. Um, can I say thank you to the chat for saying it was relics? Thank relics. You guys. Yeah, that's the yeah. name of the TNG episode. I don't think we've done an episode on it, but I think we may have watched it at some point. But yeah, no, new Scotty. Um, again, this is the third time. Yeah, the third iteration of this character. So again, the level of difficulty for the actor to take on this iconic role is super high, and he does a great job. He was oh, he so does a great job. Fun. He was so think- fun. I do think when you start to think about how in the greatness, great vastness of space exploration, yes. that everybody who eventually worked on the Enterprise had contact with the Enterprise Just before they worked into there. each other at some it's really weird. Hey, strange things happen in real life, too. Yeah. Strange new I, cameos. Mm-hmm. What I loved about this character, and I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Um, you know, I've, I've been watching the chat, and I so I feel like there's some familiarity that this character is, like, emulating that you guys might be familiar with. I'm not. I loved his demeanor. There's mm-hmm. a lightness to him in this heavy episode That's that Scotty. was just such a nice sort of balance um, of, it, it's not that he was trying to be humorous. He's just fucking brilliant like this Mm -hmm. guy is brilliant and i remember all the things like fix it scotty and i'm thinking oh like they're really this is just how he is he's just this really i'm gonna put this together and this together and Mm -hmm. i'm yeah i'm gonna make a miracle happen and so to see it coming out like yes it's convenient that his shuttle crashed right yes of course that's kind of like whatever but i loved how he talked not just the accent which was great i love i love hearing accents but like how he talked, how he talked about what he was talking about. There was a little bit of snark. There was a little bit of sass. There was all. There was levity. There was um, creativity. There was excitement. He had, he has a spark, and it was really cool to watch. He really him. does. And, and he and Pelia are fire together. <laughs> I just want them in every scene together. Uh, <laughs> he just like wilted a little bit in uh-huh, front of her. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah, she was like one of my best students who got some of the worst grades. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, but and yeah. this is. That that was one of my favorite things when I rewatched TOS. Scotty is what I look forward to because he's not just the goofy Scotsman that is like usually like the dork that just goes and solves all the problems, is then socially awkward, makes a fool of himself somehow. Scotty is in command of the Enterprise in numerous enter- uh, episodes. He makes difficult decisions where he's just like, we're not dropping the shields to rescue everybody because that will blow up the ship and my responsibility is to look after the ship. Like, he gets to do really badass, command, grown-up stuff as well. He's not just the comic relief and the person that gets bossed around, which is what Simon Pegg was a little bit too much for me in the J.J. Abrams movie. Mm. But this Scotty seems like take-charge Scotty yeah, as well, even he though he's feels, a bit younger. He feels real. Like He, he feels like a yeah. full character. And I know I said this earlier in strange new worlds when we talked about season one just the gravity of taking up the mantle of yeah. these massive Big. characters and how it's got to feel really intense like ortegas i love ortegas right she's great she's incredible but it's a new yeah. character and so she can kind of like there's a, there's rhythm and there's play there whereas if you're like and you're playing scotty <laughs> <laughs> go okay <laughs> So just one of the most iconic Star Trek memes just in general is anything. Yeah. Or Spock or any of these characters that have such a gravity to them. And there's such a 
there's such history. Uh, so to be able to hit it where it feels right and it feels fully realized and to perform confidently to camera, like what a great, I just feel like I saw something really special. And um, for that reason, I once again hope that the strikes have a really beautiful solution in favor of the creation, the people who create, because they need to be accommodated for their brilliance and what they give to the characters, not just the people who produce the stuff who have a lot of work to do too. And the, you know, it's just, it's like, Oh, the, like this episode is watching everyone just at their best. It feels like. So it's just like, and and I'm like, "Ah," not only is it the very fucking last one of the season, but also (laughs) I don't know when we're going to see it again. And I'm, it makes me sad. But I'm still really glad that I saw it. Uh, Scotty was so fun. So fun. Like, what are you, when he beams in with this just big, like, carriage of all this shit. <laughs> all this broken stuff. Yeah. It's like, ah, I gotta fix it. Um, I, I really hope this is his introduction to Strange New Worlds. I hope that uh, as much as I love Pelia, I mean, we barely saw her this season. I really hope that this is his introduction as this is how he becomes chief engineer of the Enterprise. I think that would be... That would be pretty. Is perfect. there any It'd known, uh, any known canon for his introduction to the Enterprise and how he became? Yeah, as long like I mean, it, what I was about to say is that he's not in the cage, which is the pilot, but he is in the next episode, which is TOS, and we're in that seven year gap. So I think there's it's kind of open season for when uh, he joins the crew, as long as it happens at some point. So yeah, I think this is pretty perfect. That's good. That feels that feels good. I mean, I know that they're really paying attention to that too, as writers and people who love this, you know, material. So yeah, I think there is a care in getting the timeline right. We're I trying think there, to. I think there is. Um. All right. I want to jump onto something that I think was a missed opportunity. So you guys liked the shut the 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 Spock getting the the thrusters onto the ship, mm-hmm. save Chapel, fight with the Gorn business. Yes. I. This is where. This might be the point where my brain switched off from this episode. It's mm. because there was this, for me, this missed opportunity for Star Trek to do something that Star Trek does really well, which was to have a moral quandary and a moral problem here. They, Where I thought they were going to go was we're going to put thrusters onto the saucer section, we're going to send it into the planet. However, we don't know 100% for certain that there aren't survivors aboard the planet so it's this needs of the many versus needs of the few thing where we will destroy the saucer section to save everyone on the planet but we're sacrificing anybody that might still be alive on the ship like what if spock turned up and there's 50 survivors that he finds number one una has to then make a call and then they find out a way to save everybody and it's fine but instead it's just chapel's alive cool i guess everyone else died we won't worry about that cool no moral quandary here we're just gonna do a generic end of movie punch them up slow motion grab the phaser shoot the gorn jettison out of here hold hands in space for me that lacked any kind of way and it just it's great it's like a popcorn moment cool watch the, the theater action movie ending but I got nothing from it other than it being visually really, really cool. Yeah, they're like they're like twins being birthed from the saucer vagina. Like oh. it was it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I, I lost that. And I if nobody asked the question, is anybody alive? Chapel made it, is anyone else alive? That question isn't asked, addressed, or 
and it's it's not just a sin it's the fact that there's a good story to tell there there's a good thing to wrestle with they they should have this thing to wrestle with up on the ship and down on the planet that's a classic tos thing Mm. but it's just action movie and i think that soured the finale for me there isn't a lot of moral conundrum here uh other than the setting up of the moral conundrum of treating the gorn like cannon fodder or monsters that you know we're just killing but that's not really dealt with here so i would agree with you that like i always uh i always do appreciate those moral conundrum episodes especially when they hit and there's something interesting to think about and there is an opportunity there for that it's just not what the show was interested in in doing and and it's easy for that stuff also to feel a little um underwhelming when you're not invested in their relationship either so like yeah. that's part of it too for well me. and that's uh, that's one of my biggest things as well is that hey and we've said this before but i know spock survives i know chapel survives unless we're doing something very strange here the stakes are low now the stakes were a bit higher when number one was talking to Spock and talking about the emotions because I know that the character doesn't know that they both survived this. And I'm invested in Spock being kind of broken up that Chapel may have just died. But when it comes to them both being on the ship and fighting for survival, I'm like, well, there's three people here, an unnamed Gorn, Spock and Chapel. I wonder who's going to survive. Yeah. That, was, that was something I had written in my sin section was... <laughs> Will Spock and Chapel survive this? In all all capital letters, like <laughs> surprise! I'm so scared. There was a moment between Mbenga and Ortegas on the planet when Ortegas was like, "Hey, can I help?" And Mbenga says yes, and then they kind of have this chapel back and forth. We call him Murderer now. Oh, okay, uh, not Murderer. Murderer. Okay, okay. Yes. yeah. Okay, that's right because he killed the Klingon. Uh-huh, um. Yeah. So when the murderer said, you know, like basically like reminiscing about Chapel and then Ortegas sort of quips back or or adds back, this is how, this is what she would say is, you know, let's get to work or whatever. That's an example of a lot of emotion in just a short moment. And I have a lot of faith in the writers to be able to duplicate a very meaningful exchange in a short window of time. That was a very short moment in this yeah, episode great that moment. had a lot of gravity and weight to it. To your point, Ian, I feel like if they did want to have a moral quandary of can we scan the saucer section for survivors? Can we do anything to ensure that the people on the planet aren't going to be affected by the saucer crashing in in this area? Like <laughs> nope. they they maybe they maybe could have had a clever, just quick moment where they could have fleshed something out to at least wink and nod that it's part of their process, part of their procedure. Um, and they didn't yeah. do that. And I do agree. I, I felt like it was missing. I was a little shocked that they were so confident there were no survivors. But then at the same time, I was a little confused. So, I, you know, they're scanning and they're not seeing survivors, but then some of the scanners aren't working. And so oftentimes with Star Trek, I unfortunately shut off a whole part of my brain that's just along. I go along for the ride because I don't know how to process mm-hmm. what they're saying because it's, you know, mumbo jumbo yeah and that's what i mean at the top of the episode where i have too much star trek to pull from so i'm my expectations are too high i'm expecting them to to do too much and it's harder for me to switch my brain off and go along for the ride um it's just something i'm always always going to struggle with uh, i want every episode to be the top 10 best episodes of TNG, and I forget about the 100 episodes of TNG that were a bit naff. Well, one 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 thing I loved about this, and maybe this will help 
solve that a little bit for you is that fairly close together, they had two characters very simply state the moral conundrum I think they're going to be going with. One character says, sometimes a monster is just a monster. Yeah. And then very shortly after, Pike, I think, says, sometimes hope is a choice. And like there's this this it's setting up this beautiful conundrum between it's an enemy we kill it and what if we choose to think differently um and mm -hmm. so the the episode is doing some work it's yeah. just not all happening right now like it's it doesn't i'm i'm absolutely positive that's where they're going because mm -hmm. it's a uh, uh commodore april or admiral april i can't remember what his rank is april is the one that's basically like well you called them a monster but that's just because you don't you don't know them yet so right. he's being the optimist with yes they seem like monsters to you but that's because they're an unknown right and pike yeah is going to be dealing with losing hemmer mm -hmm. potentially losing patel and then having to have negotiations for peace with these people that are just attacking mm -hmm. on on a whim and have this like kind of barbaric culture by our standards it just it wasn't shutting it up enough for me. Sure, oh, I, I want get a that. Bit more. No, I get like that. Like that one, two sentences isn't isn't enough. I want Pike to be the bastion of <laughs> tolerance. And yes, they're bastards, but uh, I'm gonna be the shining light. The the one little turn that I really liked was when they arrive. The Karuga has been destroyed in pieces. That was intense. And that the, was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Love, love, love that. Pike's first line is no assumptions. Like, he just turns to the crew and says, assume nothing. Like, we don't know this was the Gorn. We don't know what happened. Come the fuck down. Let's get the facts together. So that's what I want them to play with more. Is that, yes, personally, he may be struggling with these bastards are dinosaurs and I hate them. With this is what I have to do as a captain. This is how I have to lead my people. And I hope that's where we stick him and not in the I hate Gorn, let them die thing. <laughs> Well, maybe Erderer will have a conversation with him about his regret for uh, killing his war enemy, and that will bring I, him around. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing with him, with Mbenga? Because there's a line where uh, uh, Sam Kirk is, is like, I'm, I would like to investigate them. And Ortegas is like, with phasers? And he's like, yes, I would like to investigate them with phasers. And then Mbenga's like, I would like to join on that investigation. Uh, Are you just making me. light about vaporizing aliens, Doctor? I I also I too enjoy killing things. <laughs> Cringed. I'm cringed. like, do no harm unless you're not human. I don't get it. What are we doing with him? Has to. There's a child as a battery that has never been revisited, and I will never forget it. <laughs> Just as a reminder, <laughs> this you, show Janae. is totally fine with doing that. This show will Just leave a, a child on a planet yeah. to die a terrible, horrible death <laughs> as a and never return. Season three, episode one, Kirk just comes in on a shuttle with McCoy, who has a cure for um, everything, and they just all yeah. take over. I think that's yeah. what happens. McCoy shows up with the battery child. He saved them. Yes. <laughs> he has the cure. Um, amazing. Right. Anything else you want to talk about before we do our nitpicking cine, cine sins? I covered all the the stuff I loved, and there there was a bunch. We mentioned how visually stunning and all that kind of stuff. So I think oh, we've it covered, is a beautiful episode. Yeah. Covered uh, most of what I wanted to cover on the positive side. I did have a question 
whenever they name check somebody, I always want to check with you, Ian, to see if it's an mm. actual reference. And it seemed weird that they name checked both first and last name of Doug Appel. Is that supposed to be somebody? Like she calls him Doug, and then then shortly after, somebody's like, you know, such and such Appel. Is I that, that who was that referring to? Okay, so it's the guy with uh, um, what's her name? Um, oh, the captain. Was this right at the beginning? The guy right at the beginning on the planet. Sort of yeah, the guy walks up and she calls him Doug. And I mean, maybe, but it, it's not prevalent enough for me to know about okay. it. All right, maybe That's he's all. like. I a... Listen, when somebody gets name checked like yeah. that, I'm like, uh-huh, you're saying sure. names. What do those names <laughs> you mean? You just full but... named him. Maybe yeah. he's a red shirt that ends up dying in TOS, and they're just name checking some red shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't right. not one that that jumped out at me. I have a a short list I think of some things I um would want to just kind of mention. Yeah, go for it. One was um Spock's confidence, like when he says I'm the person that can do this and he just like clearly communicates his reasoning for being the one that's got to go on this mission. I really loved that. There was something super confident about it and in an episode where there's a whole bunch of confusion happening. Uh, I thought that was a, a very needed moment to have a character that's so clear in their purpose. It kind of calmed me down a bit instead of being like, what the hell is going to happen? I'm like, oh, Spock, okay. He knows what he's doing. Like, and I, he has super strength. And I kind of, I missed that, which we've talked about. He's been struggling with the humanity and the feelings. And that's a fun thing to explore for his backstory. And we're, we're kind of watching the TOS backstory, right? Um, and I don't necessarily mind it all the time, but I really miss this moment when he's like, this is clearly what I'm doing. And so I, yeah, I really, really like that That's really assuring scene. when you have a character take charge, be confident in their abilities. And there's a specific reason for it. It's not just blind arrogance. It's I'm a Vulcan. I physically am the only one strong enough to do to do the heavy yeah, lifting here it, and also to do the mental math on the fly of getting this completely done. logical it makes sense we're all relaxed yep go do your thing yeah um yeah. i also thought that even though it's a bit cheesy that like when they are birthed out of the saucer section into space and they kind of hold hands while they watch it crash it just looked cinematic as fuck and i loved it um of course mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's beautiful. It's so good. it looks so good i i mean everything on this one just looked so badass to me including their away team gear the jackets not only the jackets but that tactical gear that looked like armor yeah. when when it was like ortegas and a murderer and pike going yes. down to the planet <laughs> i love it it was so <laughs> cool looking because even the captains had that yellow sheen do you know what i mean uh-huh. that's just what you want from tactical gear is a highly reflective <laughs> gold surface <laughs> that's right but like ortegas, mass. ortegas was red <laughs> Um, I just noticed some really fun things. They had like the float foldable flip phone. It was so good. I just really loved what that looked like. But their jackets, their weight jackets that are yeah. fully on screen at the very beginning. I once again am Oh, they are sexy as heck. I'm <gasps> and I know I can buy them. It's only four hundred dollars. Like hold on, I think hold it's on a Novos a or something. Can we all just back them. up a second? There was uh, a moment not long ago that you didn't want to buy seventy dollars of shuttles. But a four hundred and seventy dollar yeah, jacket is. I can't wear tempting. the shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> well, not with that attitude, you can't. <laughs> um, and just make little earrings out of the shuttles. Yeah. That's what I would do. The yeah. only the thing. Oh, also in that Spock moment too, when his boots hit the saucer section, the music that was going on then 
was mm-hmm. a little bit Stranger Things meets TOS. Did you guys notice yeah, the music? Yeah, I like picked up on it that. It was kind of like a yeah. little, is it MIDI? I don't know what they call the the type of There's, sound to it, but it was, I thought that was really compelling. Um, and that just, again, shows that the people who are putting this shit together. Yeah, the score is incredible. Really, in every yeah, I love the score. I watched the There's, intro just to hear the music because it makes me so happy. Blue, Blue uh, Beetle, which I just saw, has a lot of the same kind of feel to it, too. There's this real move back towards like a Blade Runner, like Vangelis, like mm. kind of uh, like almost electronic kind of sound to sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's it's an interesting return to something that was really popular in like the late 70s early 80s oh, um, it's so, so good it's yeah. one of my favorite things about stranger things is just the music there can be some nonsense happening on screen and it gets all the grace because it's got an 80s synth just punctuating the bollocks off of it yeah. um yeah i love that so much. yeah it just looks so good the, everything looks and sounds just really uh, excellent and i wanted to make sure that we um, you know, hit on that, but also just the cleverness of like going through the space debris, and and we we talked about that that it was a fun kind of how are we going to solve this puzzle, but all the like the little ways that they kind of went about their their trouble, and even the team that was on the planet also trying to figure out how they're going to do the same thing. So it was just very clever, and I had a I had a good yeah. time watching it. No, I love that. Whenever you talk about flying a saucer section into a planet, I'm like, let's go, let's on do it. Purpose. I don't care how much nonsense this is. It's so fun and it's so pretty to look at as well just like the 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 saucer section burning up in the atmosphere and the logic of the plan was great like put tons of scrap metal on the shuttle and send it in just like little basketball volley um into into the end zone i'm mixing up all of the sports (laughs) metaphors i love it um yeah no i thought that plan was great and just that beaming grin on ortegas's face just match that with data when he's flying yeah. the Enterprise through the Borg ship mm-hmm. at the end of Picard. It's just that pilot thing is so, so, so fun. Well, I don't want to come off as super negative, even though I was a little bit. I get it. You guys have brought me around a little bit. And I am really happy that you guys enjoyed it. I, I think where I land is that this is punching for a big, impactful cliffhanger. And it's just that... I mean, we didn't even talk about the cliffhanger, really. What did you guys think of the cliffhanger? Does that work for you? Oh, well, did I you talked about a little bit. I, I thought it worked for me because there is resolution to the episode. Like, there, there's resolution to saving Chapel. There's resolution to saving Battelle. Like, there's there are things set up for us that the plot is doing that we get resolved. I, I hate when To Be Continued comes up on the screen. I'm just kind of done with, like, being so on the nose about it. We... Of, you know of course it's to be continued like what the, <laughs> what's the other option you yeah, know like, I, I know how long this episode is you didn't cut it off after 17 minutes so i get annoyed to be continued that would have been get, shocking i get annoyed at that a little bit <laughs> yeah um you know but but no it was fine i it doesn't i mean cliffhangers are cliffhangers you know tv show's got a tv show i think what worked for me is the intensity of the moment there's this literal space battle on the screen behind him in space debris of a ship that's already blown up um it was a nice twist for me that the gorn were the ones that beamed up the people because i kind of relaxed i was like oh they saved the day you know but it wasn't us it was them because the gorn are coronal mass ejection smart people somehow 
you know? And so that was a nice little twist. So then you think that you're in the clear and then no, there's still so much to solve. And I went and looked at the time and I had 40 some seconds left of the show. And I was like, oh no, we're doing a cliffhanger. There's nothing to be done in 40 seconds that's going to be. And so the buildup of the tension of what's your choice. And then you've got the Federation calling in saying you can't, you cannot start a war right now. We're not ready. Even though you have your Gorn protocol boxes, it's not enough. So that was to me, it worked because I was like, and it's too long to go longer. But if it, if this were the first episode of the season and then the second episode started with like three weeks earlier and then we watched the I whole season. Never. No, and then- I never would. I would stop watching Star Trek. I would never watch just, another episode of Star Trek ever as, again. As long as season three starts with a courtroom episode, I'm good. Oh my I'm God, good. that's like, what I'm yeah, I hope we skip it entirely. Just two years later. Yep, that was weird. Oh, <laughs> I guess we got out of that mix. I don't mess. know, man. I just, I feel like they, they would next season start off with like previously on and then all of a sudden it's like just 10 minutes before or something like this. My goodness, if they do previously on and it just shows the kid in like the the box powering the planet, and yes. that's the previously Battery on. Battery child is the previously Here's on. Here's the thing. This is an example of the feel of a to be continued working if it's for next week. But to do it at the end of a season, this is a perfect example of how we're never guaranteed another season. And oh my if the writers yeah. and the, if they were trying to tell a story and they never get to actually share it because of things outside <laughs> of their control. I don't. I think it's a disservice to the fans, and I think it's a disservice to the work that they've done to to build a really great story. So I saw something pop through in the chat that they'd already like gone through like the first half of season three when the writer strike started. If that's true, um, then maybe they have already created that and potentially will be willing to release it. But I don't trust you know that we're gonna see it when you when you end a season on it i can't trust that we're gonna see it and i just think that that's it's like one of the worst things you can do jay no uh, um our our george martin perfect yes george like, R. R. Martin. here's a guy yeah. who fucking can't finish his goddamn book you know and i'm just mm-hmm. that's why i don't start series until it's all done because <laughs> i need to know where we're going Otherwise, I have to do the thing where I make it up. And let me tell you right now, what I made up in my head for how this is going to end is super great. But I don't want to compare my super great story to the actual thing (laughs) when it comes out, number one, because I don't trust it's going to come out. And I just it pisses me off because of the circumstances. And you should Mm. never do a cliffhanger like this if it's not going to be to next week's episode. That's my opinion. I no, I get it. I get it. Um, I th- I think they they obviously knew that they had a season three going into this. I don't think if they if that was still up in the air, I don't think they would have done this. But yeah, you can't predict when that season three is going to be. Anything can can happen. I'm sure they didn't want a two or three year gap between seasons. But in hindsight, when I'm 75 and rewatching these episodes, I'll forget that there was ever a gap between. I them. thought you were going to say when I'm 75 and we're finally watching season three. <laughs> oh, no, no Star Trek until I'm 75. Oh my goodness, amazing. There's our final general thoughts on the episode. Let's head over to engineering for some sins. Battle stations, everyone. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sim brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows have outseen even our beloved Star Trek. Uh, Commodore. Hi. You first, sir. Uh, I already mentioned the amazingness that when you're going to colonize another planet of choosing the most nostalgic uh, <laughs> point in American history, uh, you know, where, you know, issues like running water and indoor plumbing, uh, you know. Uh, it it must just be a purely aesthetic thing. <laughs> like somehow you got enough people to agree. I mean, that's an achievement in itself to agree that the aesthetic of the 60s and 70s mm -hmm. or 50s whatever is what you're going for yeah. with some modern bits on top of it it's anyhow uh i already mentioned that so uh i will mention this one and i expect ian you might have an answer for this um hmm. you give me some credit why can the gorn with just some magical uh device shut down their transporters and communications but not their weapons Oh, biggest sin of the show. MacGuffin is MacGuffin. This, like, this like thing that is, is that seems OP. so Yeah, it, well, and it, and it, but only OP in the areas that it can be so that yeah. they still have some areas that I they mean, can you know, use. I weapons I get, like, they can't target their weapons because that uses scanners. But if I'm just going to fire a phaser or a torpedo randomly into space, there's not much you can do. I mean, you can write a way to counteract that, fine. But this, this OP scan... Scanning, transporting, communicating, blockout thing is insane. Great plot device. Makes you have to do some interesting things. But this is a crippling weapon. Like this, this does so much work, and it is, it is so overpowered. And mm. we just the, the 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 crux of it is that it just won't matter next week. Like this isn't something that we're going to have to wrestle with. This isn't. Like, this isn't something that I think the Federation is going to... This is like the pivotal point in the war is that this was so difficult because of this massive gadget they have. This felt like an episode device rather than a big part of the culture. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, like, so that's my sense. I think a good, a good comparison is like the Borg being able to assimilate you. Like, that's not just a plot device that makes them scary. That's part of why they are so terrifying. Mm, um the biggest one for me is when pike leaves the uh to go find the shuttle on his own so he kind of sneaks away while everyone's asleep and he goes to remove mm. the chairs thereby yeah. leaving everyone in danger of being eaten by gorn <laughs> yeah were those chairs just decorative <laughs> because he's his plan is to what get on the other side and then put the chairs back somehow like at least wake yeah. someone up and say will you put the chairs back because that's leaving everybody exposed so he's gonna go save everyone by mm -hmm. creating a hole in their defenses and that really was stupid <laughs> 
as captain, guess what? You don't need to sneak away. You're the fucking captain. Like, it was a strange. It was a strange decision. Like, it was a strange strategic dis- decision that wasn't strategic in the right ways. Yeah, because it's kind of really selfish as well. Because you you're the leader like they look to you for strength and guidance and you're just going to sneak off on a pretty dangerous mission on your own i mean he outranks patel because she doesn't have a ship at the minute and he does so he could just put her in her place and say stay put look after everybody i'm gonna go and and get the thing so yeah weird choices weird weird choices um my one and this is a really brutal sin is uh why wasn't chapel in sick bay (laughs) like (laughs) Sigvay was completely destroyed. Um, where was she in this state of emergency? Was she in Ten Forward? Like, she was she on her way to? Yep, just had to use the toilet apparently. So Chapel should be dead because she should have been at her post. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Commodore, your turn. Um, let's see. Uh, that's brilliant. Make yourself look like a piece of space debris. You mean like Star Wars? Uh, just a blatant ripoff of Empire Strikes Back uh, there with the no, space it's debris. Not. You see, you have like these movies that are influences and Star Wars was influenced by something else. No, so Maybe they read it in a book. That's just trolly. Here's, here's the actual <laughs> sin. How quickly did they attach that like debris around the ship that it was like secure and like yeah. welded on and Where like did the debris come from? Did they strip <laughs> parts of the Enterprise? Right. Or did they just turn the ship magnets on? Like that and seems just, at least like a two day process to get yeah. that ship ready to look like debris. That seems a lot. Yeah. That seems like a lot. Uh Danae. The Gorn may be amazing villains, but they really suck at sneaking with the tails coming down. Like mm-hmm. and maybe I saw in the comments that someone said that these are not actually adult Gorns because they're going to shed their tails at some point. So I don't know if maybe that's based on... I thought the... Oh, interesting. Right? I thought the Gorn did have a tail. Maybe not. I thought the Gorn in TOS did have a tail, but maybe they don't. So I find, number one, that fascinating that this isn't even their final Mm. form. So my sin, if I had that knowledge, would be that this is probably part of why they had to keep evolving because they're really stupid at sneaking up on people because their mm. tail just kind of goes, hey, knock, knock. I can, can you see me? Because <laughs> there's two times in the show where we see the tail first. Uh, yeah. So, but I would just... It would be really interesting. I try to find a clever the, way to send that. If the Gorn that Kirk fights is actually an elder Gorn and eventually they, that's the we do get to see that Gorn on screen. And it's like, yeah, no, these are the 70-year-old Gorn. They don't look like that <laughs> the until gorn. they're really fucking old. It's the derpy Gorn. The rest of the time. It's if we'd seen them in TOS, they would have looked like this. My turn. Uh, bu- 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 bu. This is a really, really big one. This one, again, really switched me off on the episode. And it's... <sighs> if you're on the Enterprise, you would assume that the number one goal of the people down on the planet is to deactivate the big Gorn thing that's blocking communications and whatnot. So what I'm not going to do is throw a ship at them while there's a good... Which is exactly what they were kind of doing. Like They were very close. Like The plan on the ground would be deactivate the thing that's stopping us from using all of our stuff. The Enterprise trying to blow it up seems really counterproductive and kind of... <laughs> almost working against the crew how what i'm saying is how did they know that throwing the saucer section at the scanner wasn't going to kill pike 
and everybody that was down there to try and deactivate it because like, there's no way of knowing like that's just it the plan is too risky because you're gonna you're gonna cure the disease by killing the patient like yeah cool everyone's rescued because they don't need rescuing anymore we killed them with the saucer section of the karuga is that is that right am i missing something no 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 i i think you're right i think just you're in a situation where you just have to make choices and like you know they choose to kill they, everyone well they don't know that they're i think they're they're making a a guess that those would be different locations but um but there's you know there's no reasonable uh way to know for sure so mm. yeah i think that's a valid thing to think about i think that just no one addresses like yeah. even if somebody was like but what if what if our people are there as well and you know Nobody like talks somebody, about it. Like, yeah, just somebody should address it and there's a way to avoid it you do like the mission impossible thing where you do like a deliberate deliberate two-pronged attack like yeah number one you stay up here figure out a way to take down that thing we're heading down there and you have until we get to the prisoners to deactivate it and beam us up like it could have been a deliberate thing but it was right. not um commodore if i see one more flying vehicle dip below my view <laughs> when it's crashing and then zoom over the camera i'm, I'm out i'm out of tv and movie, crashed? movies oh, for i thought general. it crashed i thought it completely crashed <laughs> uh, yeah it's the thing it's like oh got us oh we really thought that was a crash oh i'm glad i <laughs> I'm glad it came back up and zoomed over Somebody should do a supercut of all the times that cliche has been done because it's a lot. Oh my goodness, a hundred of them would be in Star Trek, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just would be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Tonight. I'm sorry. Oh, it's but that's that's why we get it so much. That is why it. it happens because why people because love she that was feeling. so confident and she's like over there having a great time and everyone else is just like I'm gonna puke, I'm gonna puke, Whee! I'm gonna puke. <laughs> yeah. God, I vomit. Um, I don't have any more. But I do want to say that since my Gorn sin, there's been some really interesting talk about the Gorn potentially having different subspecies. So mm. that would be kind of a fun and thing to consider as well. To be clear, I, I'm deliberately not sinning that. I don't care. Make them look as different as you want. It's Star Trek. I am not expecting a Gorn from 1967 or okay. whatever it was to appear on screen. We would be laughed, laughed off of TV like things evolve. I do not have a single problem with that at all. So I'm done with my sins, and uh, I'm just going to step back and listen. Um, uh, I mean, put Patel in the transporter buffer until <laughs> you have a reason, because we kind of know that's what we do. We just put people in the buffer. That's right. It's always a solution that's right there that nobody ever uses. Let's put them in the transporter buffer. There we go. Commodore. Yeah uh let's see uh, this is a knowledge thing i don't like it when shows or movies will use the audience's knowledge in place of the character's knowledge in this case they make them all so forlorn that sick bay is gone before they even know that chapel was back on the ship like they don't know if she was on the planet on the ship yeah they don't like, figure that out until yeah they don't know yeah, that till huh? later but they are all so like oh no sick bay's gone well you know what there's like she could have been on the planet yeah. uh so anyhow but they did inform my well why weren't you in sick bay chapel scene <laughs> <laughs> man, yes. everyone kind of thought you were meant to be abandoning your post um, I just want to ask if every single um, season is going to end with Pike looking to camera. <laughs> uh -huh. we, it's exactly the same shot because end of season one, he looks to camera after that shocking, shocking mm -hmm. um, number one getting beamed away. Um, so maybe that's just be. a thing that's going to happen. Um, 
this may have an answer and could probably be argumentative. Uh, and I would love it if there's an answer to this in whatever the next part of, of this is. But why was that Gorn on the shipwreck? I was curious about this too. And I I was interesting. You know how there was the one Gorn that was looking up above, uh, like at the light or something? I'm wondering if they were trying to, you know, get technology off of the ship. Like it's... Yeah. That's what I guessed, is that he was deliberately, he, they, she, the Gorn, were left behind deliberately to scavenge for technology because they were trying Alone? to access. Without yeah. a ship? Don't be so human. Well, the ships were close like, by. Just, just because that's what humans wouldn't do, Aaron. <laughs> Maybe there's only like five Gorn that pilot the whole ship. But yeah, I figured they'd been left behind to okay. get into the sensitive areas of the ship and get as much technology as possible. Okay. Like I said, probably argumentative. No, I, yeah. I, I thought it was yeah. interesting, too, because they weren't eating people. Yeah, it just seemed weird to me that they would want to be on the ship at that point. Like, how long has that ship been blown? Like, I feel like scavenging should have already happened. Like, it just seemed yeah. really weird to me. But. Yeah, but if there had been six gone there, they wouldn't have stood a chance, Aaron. Chapter and <laughs> well, would be dead, and they don't true. die in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, my last one is really, really silly, but I couldn't, I couldn't avoid it. We were definitely sin it. It's when they're all sleeping in the cafe, they're all resting and stuff, um, or the restaurant, whatever it was, and Pike is just leaning in blood. Like, his head is just resting in so blood. So much blood <laughs> everywhere. Get your hair off of the wall. Don't lean on the wall. Don't get your lovely Pike <laughs> hair messed up with all of that human blood. With all of that melty Jolly Rancher oh, shall, shall we do the predictions? <laughs> well, I do have one more sin if you want to wait for that. Uh, Go and for it's, it. It's just a, a pretty obviously one, a one but... When Scotty goes with him and he's like, hey, don't blame me because you were having a secret conversation right in front of my sleeping spot. And all you have to do is just add a conveniently uh, after yeah, that. Convenient like, sleeping yeah. spot. Because what if he's not? What if he doesn't go? It changes everything. Uh, yeah, what so, if he had been asleep? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Scotty would be on the Gorn ship. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll quickly go through the predictions. Um, I hijacked Danae's prediction um, and suggested there might be a marriage between two hedges. Um, to explain the hegemony, um, there was not. There was no bushes getting married mm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Aaron, your big prediction was that Pike would not be in control of his ship. That's that's true. I mean, it's happened. doubly it true. It, there's actually two that actually plays with both the Gorn and the Federation. The Federation are telling him what to do with his ship, and the Gorn mm. aren't letting him use his ship. Like that that's, is, he is literally left in a place where he has been told that he is not in control of his ship uh, in this episode. So Yeah, yeah. not going to give it to you. So your oddly specific <laughs> one. <laughs> as long as I get the specific one, we're fine. No. So his oddly specific one was that there will be some sort of candy bar. Yeah. Which is the Jolly str- Ranchers. That works. I mean, maybe. Mm, <laughs> I clearly a- saw Drippy Jolly Rancher. Yeah. Maybe it was a candy bar. It wasn't for the a candy Gorn, bar at all. But yeah, no. no. Unless the people you, you themselves were considered. Yeah. Someone yeah. at one point did say, "Don't sugarcoat it." So I feel like that should should possibly count. No, <laughs> no. that was Pelia. No. Um. So the, the hegemony thing was a deliberate tell for the the Star Trek fans because the Gorn hegemony. So like you have the Romulan Empire, the Klingon Empire, the Gorn hegemony has been. Oh, it's thing. it's a word so, specifically used in Star Trek for the Gorn. For the Gorn, oh, exactly. okay. All right. It's like there's the, I think it's the Zenkethi Alliance or something like that. But there's, yeah, the Gorn hegemony has been a thing for a while. So, yeah, it was um, a nod that this was going to be a Gorn episode. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that. <laughs> well, I, it, Wait, I mean, you didn't? No, I, I, the, the, this being a Gorn episode 
was so obvious to me, I didn't even think to predict it. Like, obviously, we're dealing with oh, the Gorn in the finale. Yeah, yeah, it would be bizarre if we yeah. did that setup in episode one and then we didn't have <laughs> just never but, saw Gorn. No, yeah, not mentioned till season seven. It's gone. Would be freaking awesome. I'd love that. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, with that, thank you for listening, everybody. It's time for the Commodore to depart. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in 2026, <laughs> Commodore know, right? <laughs> Yeah, this is this is because you only joined the show for those new podcast listeners who don't know. Commodore Commodicer mm. only joins us for Strange New Worlds. So, um, what are you guys? You guys doing Ahsoka next? Like, what's the what's next on <laughs> the? <laughs> and this is why he's only invited for one out. moment. Beam him to the Gorn ship immediately. This is why I've been waiting to say him. that for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> amazing that's incredible well i know it's been a mixed bag on strange worlds but it's been incredible to have you on board oh, thank so your you thoughts and input have been very well they've been present <laughs> <laughs> thank you do, uh, ambassador do you want to share like what we're doing next as if i fucking know <laughs> <laughs> so we're taking a two-week shore leave break so uh, we're going to be returning for the season four premiere of Lower Decks. So we're going to be um, covering that off in the next season. We're going to have a two week break until then. So uh, I don't think you'll be seeing anything in the podcast feed for the next two weeks. There won't be a live show for two weeks, but we will return with a live show and the season premiere of yeah and if for some reason that changes please watch social media we have a twitter account at captain's pod cs the cs stands for cinema sins i know some of you guys don't actually know what cinema sins is and that's so fun but um you can watch uh updates there for twitter and you can join our discord that's discord.com slash gg what is it i think it's slash gg let me just check real quick it's discord.gg slash cinemasins. So join us on discord.gg slash cinemasins. And there is a Captain's Pod thread in there where you can meet other Captain's Pod. Fo- Captain's Pod. Captain's Pod fans. <laughs> Captain's Podder. <laughs> um, and have updates. So if we do decide to release anything in the feed for the next couple of weeks, or if we decide to go live and do something completely off base, we will update um, there. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Keep your emails coming in. And until then, I'm Captain Ian, and I'm out of here because I have a day and a half gestation period that's running out. Its oxygen will soon reach critical levels for me. And it's you're going to backseat drive me, sir, from me. (laughs) You wish. Live long and podspur. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Okay, hey, hey, new bumper. New bumper. <laughs> Am I insane, or do I have a long hair sticking straight out of the side yes, of my head? Yes, you do. Right angle. Right where, angle. Where just is there. it? Like, I'm trying to, like, how am I, mi- oh, there. There you go. It's forward. Yeah, it's on your eye. Oh, I see. Why nope. won't it? Further back. Further back. <laughs> what, where, where, where is that? <laughs> I wish we were recording the video. And why is it sticking straight out? Oh, okay. It's physics, you know. Okay, I'll just do the whole show with my finger <laughs> up, uh, up against the side of my forehead. I'll do the same. So you don't look weird. It stayed. It stayed, Ian. Shake your head. Nope. Give it a... <laughs> <laughs>
halfway through the uh, the show, I'm gonna get an erect hair. Uh, it's gonna be so <laughs> embarrassing. You're gonna have um, some. Did you make an erection pun with follic follicular? Follicular? No. no, I didn't make no? a pun there at all. Mm -mm. No, I mean in the past, have you? Oh, I don't follicular. believe I've made a hair-related erection pun before. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> I thought you had a really interesting moment Welcome for to that the show to tonight. be stated. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Ian, this is for you too. Oh, thank you for including me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Aaron, I'm specifically asking you a question. Ian, you're also invited. So Aaron, technically, <laughs> I'm not specifically asking you a question. Let me start that over again. Aaron, Ian, I'm going to tell you about something that happened today. I went to get a massage this morning and sure. I was referred by my chiropractor. So I thought a good thing to do would be to ask the therapist after my massage was over if he noticed anything specific mm -hmm. as I am on a health journey. So we get some of the massage and we're walking, you know, he's walking me back to like the little waiting area where the people wait. Vestibule. For the, the vestibule, vestibule of relaxation. Yeah. I asked the question, so did you notice anything, you know, specific about my, my body and tension or anything that mm -hmm. you feel like I should know about? And I, mm -hmm. I don't remember how I worded it, but it was probably sure. just about that awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he says, your body is in great shape for the shape that it's in. That's a, that is the That's worst insane. possible answer ever. Right? Like, how do, like, that tells you nothing. Not only does it tell you nothing, <laughs> it makes you like super paranoid. I was like, like what the yes. Fuck does that mean? I could sit here for a day and try to come up with the worst answer to that question and not have a worse answer. I wasn't expecting a compliment. I don't need a compliment. I was asking for a professional opinion right. about my bot my my muscle tissue. Right. That maybe can help unlock some mystery as to why I'm getting so tense or why I'm mm -hmm. having migraines or if there was and he says your body is in great shape for the shape that it's in. And I'm That's like it's it's a car wreck, but it's expected to be a car wreck because it's being through a car wreck is what he's saying. Like you're a great age for the age that you are. What does that mean? I have what did been... you just say to me? I'm wondering if it's like one of those things that he picked up over the years that you just say. It's a meaningless thing you throw out because people ask a question you're uncomfortable answering. So, or, or maybe he read it on Instagram it once and thought that's clever. Nothing. I don't know, but it doesn't. I have no. <laughs> so, okay. So you're saying there's a possibility he's making some sort of joke? Or, or just like that offhanded, the sort of placate the person, just say something uh -huh. that, that right. they can like interpret however they want. Right, like when somebody says, how are you doing? And you say, don't, you know, don't have any excuse to complain or something like that. Yeah, just or, something like, nebulous. Right. But, but this sort of nebulous is like... It's the for the shape that you're in part. What does that mean? That is offensive. For the shape that you're in. Why comment on the shape that I'm in? Well, especially because the first part right. is you're in good shape. Like, I don't... Yeah. I, like, I don't... First of all, who thought Just I was like asking you about my shape? Like who? Yes. Was... <laughs> I know. I was asking you about my muscle tissue, dude. There are some awkward possibilities. Uh, one is he thought you were asking, like, how, what do you think of my body? Like, you, like he, like he was being awkward because he thought that's the question you were asking. Like, after putting your I... hands all over me, how do you think I of my know. form? I don't know. Like, I don't think that that's how my question was phrased, but you're right. It could have been interpreted I'm just the trying wrong to way. figure out how you answer that question with that answer. Like, your body is in great shape. For the shape comma, that it's in. For the shape for that the it's shape. in. <laughs> what do you mean for the shape that it's in? What shape are you saying it's in? 
it reminds me of the time that I told the lady at Sonic after she poured her heart out to me about her life circumstances. And I decided to just like give her advice that I said, you know, you just got to go live life and do stuff, <laughs> which is incredibly useless information to tell someone. Yes, yes but at that- least it doesn't leave her paranoid that you think something's <laughs> wrong with her. Like, this is what I'm saying. It's not just that it, it doesn't mean anything. This is something that could have a dot, dot, dot and a dun, dun, dun at the end of it. This is something that could have an angelic overtone. It could go anywhere. The exquisite crafting of that sentence (laughs) to both say nothing and leave you in a state of paranoia is insane. (laughs) I know. You said absolutely nothing and you also insulted me. How did you do that? Well, it's I could take it as an insult or I could take it as a compliment. Uh Like it's up to me to interpret for the shape that it's in to be whatever. Because it it assumes. It assumes that he knows your body. It's the for the shape that it's in. So he, there is some knowledge there about the shape that your body is in that he knows. So he, what's missing from this sentence is a considering. Because if you say your your body is in great shape, considering the shape that it's in, well, that's, that's even the, worse. But that's the same. It's the same as four. He's just hidden it. He's <laughs> hidden the considering with a four. Is there a possibility that he remembers me um, when I was in my most svelte? So he, the first time he massaged me, it would have been right around my martial arts stage. So do you, do you literally think he's commenting on your physical appearance? I think he said something mindless that, that he didn't want to have a, this is a person who has exactly 10 minutes to get me to the next room, return to his massage room and get it ready for his next client. I think this is a statement that's meant to just placate and not invite further conversation. And it worked. (laughs) That didn't, no, it hasn't. (laughs) Yes, it did. I didn't want to talk to him anymore. I would have immediately been like, what does that mean? (laughs) I would not have let that go. Hey, honey, how was dinner? You know what? It was a great dinner for the dinner it was. <laughs> that would be so insulting. <laughs> right? That would That's be. I would be you. bummed. He did. That's what he said. Should I give you guys a fish update too before the show starts? Yeah, if you have it. It's I assume there is no more updating the fish. I think we're onto the fish tank no, the now. Fish, I hope The fish is still in the freezer. Of course. So that's yes. technically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did actually empty the tank and it is sitting on the back porch with only little bit of water in the rock area because i've got to scoop all the rocks out and then pour boiling hot bleach on it or something to clean i don't know what i'm gonna do and then there's a box on the you have to boil bleach yeah you don't <laughs> have to boil bleach <laughs> i don't think that's yeah. the, does I don't the think thing that's the point yeah of bleach boiling hot bleach <laughs> yeah. it's boiling amazing bleach. just really one thing I make sure to do before I apply uh, my hand sanitizer is to boil it first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I like this one from Aaron who says, I'm calling it now. Pike goes to the Gorn ship to negotiate them back because he knows he can't die there. Wouldn't mm. that be clever? They haven't really done anything with that yet. With like no. Pike, Pike puts his life on the line because he knows his life isn't on the line. Yeah. And I, I think it would break the show if he did that because then he would always do it. I think they deliberately can't do that. He just, the rest of the show, he just waltzes in everywhere. He's just like, what's up, enemies? Come at me. Scotty took total credit for the buffer trick in Relics, but did he actually get it from Murder Boy? Mm, That's really interesting because Scotty tries to save some of his crew members by putting them in the transporter buffer. Um, And there's four of them all to, no, there's two of them that he puts in the buffer, himself and someone else. And then 70 years later, 
the new Enterprise turns up and saves them. And Geordi says, <laughs> Geordi says, that was a brilliant idea. I can't believe you did it. And Scotty was like, it was 50% brilliant because the other guy dies in the buffer, doesn't make it. Maybe what he really meant was it was only 50% my idea. Oh, That's why he says yeah. that it was 50% brilliant. Interesting. Oh, he goodness. can't take full credit for it. Why is Pike so lost here? He surely has had a plan that failed miserably and suddenly at least once before. We're not talking about Captain Smith having never been on a sinking ship before here, right? This is regarding the very end, and this was a comment that a couple of people yeah. had, which is just not feeling like, um, like Flyboy said, regarding Cliffhanger. I think the writers played up Pike's indecision too much. Ultimately, Pike is not leaving yeah. anyone behind, even if he has Agreed. to retreat yeah. and regroup first. He, they, he had to have uh, to be continued face. That's yeah. all it comes down yeah, to. That, he had to have to be continued face. However, Aaron, he did not have to have to be continued face because, <laughs> and I quote Star Trek TNG, the season three cliffhanger, and I'm getting all arms wiggly, the season three cliffhanger, there is no indecision. Picard has been assimilated by the Borg. Riker has a weapon that can blow up the Borg ship and it means killing his captain. There, There is no indecision. The camera pans around and Riker just says, fire that's the cliffhanger because mm -hmm. there is no indecision he's just like kill him Let, let's do that's it and better. then the credits roll that's beautiful yeah that's better that's incredible yeah that's fun um and that's what i thought this episode was going for and that's what i was so disappointed with because there is no you can have the internal debate i don't want to leave my people behind but you are leaving them behind mm -hmm. right now you are warping out of there you're getting your thoughts together and then planning a rescue leaving yep. doesn't mean you're abandoning sea face them. resting tbc face <laughs> Flyboy, I love this one. Someone on social media suggested a young Loxana Troy appear as a teenager in Strange New Worlds. I don't think you've got the ages quite right. That would make her 120 in <laughs> TNG, which I don't think she is. But I would love to see a young version of Loxana Troy flirting with Pike. That would be beautiful. So this is her, is, is please forgive my ignorance. Uh, is she human? Yeah. Uh, no, no, she's, she's beta a beta. Though. She's like full on can read minds. So, so do they mom. live longer than humans? I think they're comparable to humans. Oh, okay. It's not explicitly said. So yeah, maybe they do live to okay. be 200. And in which case, poor Picard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, betas always have a lifespan of 120 years. Um, nerd! Yep. They sure do. When is that said on screen? Don't give me something that was in the book's bullshit. That's their the average? Because, I mean, a, a human, there have been humans to have lived 120 years. What? Yes. In fact, the oldest human right now, I think, is 123, something like that. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it's up there. It's way up there. 122. Is the current uh, oldest living human? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I knew it was right awesome. around there. That we know of. She said, Correct. quote, I've waited 110 years to be famous. I count on <laughs> taking advantage of it. And she said that at her 120th birthday. Mm -hmm. And she went to live another 12 That's years. amazing. There was an Ed Apple, mm. chief processing engineer on the Janus 6 mining colony in TOS Devil in the Dark. Maybe he was Doug's brother. And stretch. <laughs> Yeah, that's a stretch, but hey, what, if they're pulling out names like that, good on them. Why not? Well, name done. a guy just to kill him. Like that's just that's right? so cruel. <laughs> someday, somebody, somebody, you want to turn around and say goodbye. Do it, baby. gonna make you cry. Don't you know? Don't you know? Things will change. Things will go your way. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
One more day. Things will go your way. Hold on for one more day. What did I just walk into? obnoxious mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement whether mom's into classic dress watches rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers movement has something she'll love and right now you can save big on the best mother's day gift ever with up to 50 percent off site-wide during movement's mother's day sale at mvmt.com again that's up to 50 percent off at MVMT.com.